Hello and welcome to the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. I'm your host, the Director of Communications and Public Policy at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter, Tony Heil. And that was a mouthful for me just running up my stairs. Uh, today is our first podcast of 2016. This is going to be another big year. We're uh, interested in a lot of research that we're doing with collaborating between our ALS Association clinics. And we're doing some things with Care Appreciation Fund to improve patient care services, a lot more advocacy along the way. But our mission and goals will continue to remain the same uh, with with your help, with fundraising and awareness throughout the year. Uh, if you've listened to our past now nearly 50 episodes, because we're going on a year now that we've been doing this podcast, you've heard from people with ALS, and you've heard from researchers, you've heard from uh, patient care staff like Sue Walsh and Brenda Edelman, and Wendy Barnes, who we'll talk about a bit in this episode, I'm sure. Uh, and so you've heard a wide range of perspectives, including from legislators and more about how ALS affects their life. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be talking to my friend Sarah Brendel, who agreed on very short notice to take part in this, which I appreciate. And we're going to be talking about her life with ALS as a mother with ALS, raising three kids, and getting involved in so many things with the chapter. And because she's involved in so many things, I want to encourage you to get involved as well. You can go to our website, www.alsphiladelphia.org, to find a lot of upcoming events and to just donate generally. Uh, One event that's coming up soon is our hot chocolate event at Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. It's one of our most fun events, especially for me because all I have to do is take pictures and video and I get to eat a lot of chocolate. Um, But it's fun for everybody, lots of great food, so we hope to see you there on March 10th. And you can find that on our website. And you can sign up for a walk to defeat ALS, which again we'll talk about here. And many other events um, on our website and to get involved and help with other ALS families. So you can also get involved on social media by spreading the word, all at ALS Philadelphia. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Vine, uh, some other things. I should really remember all of those because I'm the one that does them. So with that very formal introduction out of the way... I'd like to bring in Sarah Brendel to talk uh, talk to us for our first episode of the year. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Tony. So are you excited to do this podcast with me? Uh, of course I am. <laughs> I mean, we're almost a week into the new year, so I'm sure this will rank as one of your highlights. Um, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> so um, people, a lot of people might know you that are listening because if they're involved in the chapter, because you've been involved in so many things. You've come to the walks, you've come to Advocacy Day, you've come to Hot Chocolate, uh, you've been to the Phillies Festival, so they might know your name and story, but tell us a little bit about um, when ALS came into your life. Um, came into my life um, about six years ago. I was 36 and experiencing some muscle weakness and fatiguing quickly or then, you know, I'm sorry, quicker than I thought I should. Um, you know, two young kids and full-time job and house to take care of. Uh, so after, you know, lots of testing, as other ALS patients know, and lots of doctor visits, um, like I said, was diagnosed around age, age 36, uh, back in 2009. And, um, you know, it's just, it's lucky for me, it's been progressing slowly. Um, so I'm still able to obviously talk clearly and um, have no trouble with eating and like so many other patients do. Um, and I'm able to still walk. So I'm very grateful that, you know, the progression has been slow 
and it's given me, you know, more time to spend with, with family and friends. And before then, what were you doing? Before you were diagnosed? I was working as a, well, I was a kindergarten teacher at a private preschool, and I was also an administrator at the same school, uh, working as an assistant director in their office for many years. And that takes a lot of energy for anybody, right? It does, it does. We were a larger center, so there was a lot of, you know, up and down. Even when I was in the office, it wasn't necessarily a sit-down desk job. It was a lot of moving in and out of classrooms and interacting with the children and parents and, you know, chipping in in the rooms, too. So just if your muscles are weaker and you guess to, you know, help out in the toddler room, as you know, that can be very exhausting. So so it was, it was tough to keep up with, you know, the workload and managing the home at the same time. Yeah, I... I'm I'm kind of exhausted now. It's only ten o'clock, and I I'm with two kids, one who's two, almost two. So I can only imagine. I I always have a lot of great respect for the teachers and the and the daycare workers yeah. where my son goes. Uh, so Definitely. you probably knew a bit about health things as anyone in education does, but did you know anything about ALS before those symptoms? Honestly, I didn't have much experience. Um, my my husband's grandfather uh, had ALS. He was uh, in the military and had, was actually, when I met my husband, had already been living with ALS for uh, probably 15 or so years. And he did end up uh, living with the illness for about 20 years. Now, I didn't see him all that often, so I can't say I had too much direct contact. So, I, you know, I knew of it and sort of what it was, but um, admittedly didn't know too many of the details of the disease. So, um, you know, as I was having some symptoms, of course, I, like most people these days, went online, did some research, and unfortunately, all those symptoms, you know, for ALS seemed to fit me the best. So I kind of had a hunch in the back of my mind, even before the doctors told me. Um, but again, it kind of also came out of the blue because no one in my family had ALS. And, um, you know, it just, again, it wasn't so well known, you know, in my circle. Well, and I think that most circles, especially back then, that was five years before the Ice Bucket Challenge, that was before Steve mm-hmm. Gleason was diagnosed, uh, so, and you're you're in the Lehigh Valley, which is further away from, I mean, it's, it's still in our chapter, but, you know, it's not as big as some other areas, right. so, um, so when you found out, because you've been researching it, um, you were kind of prepared for that information, not totally, but as prepared as someone <laughs> could be. I mean, obviously, it was very scary because, you know, again, they can't give you any definites, you know. There, there's no, okay, this is what's going to happen. So you don't know how it's going to progress. So, you, you know, you can't really prepare all that well. I mean, there's certain things you can do, but since every case is different, it's it's very hard to determine what you'll need to do and what course your life is going to take. So, of course, you know, again, with my boys were uh, probably five and six at the time when I was diagnosed, so it was very scary, you know, just wondering if, you know, I would see them hit the double digits in age or, you know, graduate high school and all those milestones you think about as a parent that you really want to be there for. And, you know, of course, at the time, thought I'm going to miss out on so much. Right. And I'm sure that those initial conversations with your husband, who who understood ALS better from having it in his family um, and your kids... That those were hard, were hard conversations yes. to have, and continue to be hard conversations to have. I think it was hard for him because he 
was like, you know, why is this right. <laughs> hitting me twice, you know? <laughs> Maybe he felt kind of, what did I do to deserve this? But um, he's he um, had some great role models growing up, and he, you know, really just kind of stepped in and starts helping to take care of things and just kind of do do what he can to help out. And, you know, again, with talking to the kids, you know, again, since they were so young, we didn't do a whole lot of conversation with them. I mean, we told them, you know, a few months after I was diagnosed, we did tell them. And again, at such a young age, they didn't necessarily understand it fully. But we try to be open with them as the years have gone on and, you know, try to express to them, you know, what what's possible, but not, you know, really focus on too much of the bad and just kind of focus on, you know, the positives again with my slow progression and things that mommy still can do and, you know, ways we can appreciate life. So I think it's been a good lesson for them too. Well, I mean, we've profiled your kids many times. Uh, (laughs) Dylan, your one son has come to advocacy day and got to tour the Capitol and was obviously very effective. And, um, your, all three of your kids are very involved. Uh, so they, they understand, uh, they understand because it's their mom, but they they really get it beyond just you. They they seem to really care about everyone they see with it. They do, and I'm I'm proud of them for that. You know, again, it was important to me. You know, even if I didn't have this diagnosis, it would be important to me for them to understand that everyone's life is different, and everybody's going through you know different battles and struggles, and we have to think about others a lot more. You know, a lot of our society right now is focused on thinking about ourselves and you know, what's best for me, but I really want my kids to think about how they can help others, whether it's, you know, patients with ALS or, you know, another illness or just any other, you know, friend in need kind of thing. So we try to encourage that. Um, and I'm proud of them. They are they are happy to be involved and, you know, they want to help and do what they can. Um, actually, recently, they, both the boys, participated in a national survey for the ALS Association. Um, they were surveying children um, whose parents are living with ALS, and, um, you know, they, they gave their feedback on how they help mom around the house and how the illness is affecting them and, and their home and their upbringing. So um, hopefully they're going to use that research to create uh, some more support groups and activities and things for, for children because I think that's important too. Well, so uh, transition there, you talk about the support groups and the ALS Association. So you were diagnosed in 2009. How quickly did you connect with the Greater Philadelphia chapter and the staff here? Uh, thanks to them, I connected right away. I mean, they were very, very quick to contact me and let me know what resources were available. Uh, they offered the diagnosis um, workshop, which my husband and I both attended, and you know, met a couple other great people there um, who were diagnosed and offered a lot of resources and, you know, resources you could trust because obviously, like I said before, you kind of go on the internet and read lots of stuff, but I knew coming from the chapter, it was, you know, other people had experienced these things and gave us some good ideas of both what we could do and what we might expect in the future. Um, we got involved with our support group very quickly also. Uh, we attend the Lehigh Valley support group at the Lehigh Valley Hospital uh, that's run by Wendy Barnes, and um, that's really become like a second family. You know, we've met a lot of great people there, and it, it's it's just a nice time to go spend an hour just kind of talking, seeing, you know, other people come up with different ways of coping, and whether it be physical needs or emotional needs, and just nice to have other people who understand what, what's going on. 
Yeah, it seems like everyone likes Wendy Barnes. <laughs> she is really great. Um, I mean, everyone at the chapter, but she she takes the time to really get to know not just the patient, but their families as well. And she just kind of makes you feel like a great friend right away. And, um, you know, very responsive to patients' needs. Tries to, if she doesn't have the answer, she really tries to get it for you as best she can. And, um, you know, keeps us up to date on things that are happening with the chapter as well. So um, she and, and Melissa Cole, one of the other social workers um, out of Philadelphia, have, have really been a big help to us. Yeah, you know, I think... Until you have to work with a social worker, you never think I'm going to need to talk to a social worker. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and you know, they, like you said, they have they have resources that you know I wasn't even aware existed, so they're able to help us connect with with different programs and things to help you know whether emotionally, financially, socially, you know, all different aspects. And so, like you said, your husband knew about ALS from his family. And you only knew about the disease um, from reading up on it, and you connected with Wendy and Melissa and everyone pretty quickly. How, was that did that put, take a little bit of pressure off of you quickly, saying, "Oh, okay, good. There's something out there that's going to help out that I didn't. That's providing more than I would have would have imagined." It really did because I'm sure as many people are aware that just you know the healthcare system in general is sometimes tough to navigate, you know, even just getting through certain websites. That's and, being polite about it. Knowing what programs are out there is is tough. I mean, you know, you don't know if there's government programs, funded programs, or, um, you know, places where you can get supplies or, you know, things that you need. So uh, they were very helpful in suggesting but not being pushy. You know, it's kind of like they, they offered what was out there, and if, if you felt comfortable using it, then they helped you navigate through it. And for those listening on iTunes or anywhere else, and I'm sure Sarah is going to be listening to all of our past podcasts in iTunes after this, um, you can listen, look for our episode with Ann Cooney, another social worker with our chapter, um, as she talks about how the chapter social workers help navigate the healthcare system. Uh, it's one of those things that we don't talk about enough because it's hard to quantify, um, but it's probably one of the most valuable discussions that we have is explaining navigating through that very challenging network of healthcare systems. So you yes, connected able to Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Um so you connected to them and they helped you with healthcare and they helped you with um you know developing some strategies at home and and mm -hmm. making you feel more comfortable. Yes, definitely. And then from there, how quickly did you get involved with chapter events? Well, we actually did the Lehigh Valley Walk the very first year that I was diagnosed and um, kind of really didn't even know what we were getting into. The only other, you know, fundraising walk type events I had attended was the Relay for Life, um, you know, for cancer. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect, but we went to, and I believe it was the first year that it was held at Coca-Cola Park. Um, so we went to the Lehigh Valley Walk in October of that year and had six members on our team and luckily our team has grown from there and I think we only raised a few hundred dollars that year but it wasn't really about the money for us it was just about you know having the experience connecting with other patients and families and just seeing you know some positivity that could come out of this experience because you don't want to especially with young kids you don't want to really dwell on the negative aspects you want to think about the good things and just seeing all the people um you know there volunteering their time and 
um, you know, just a day of togetherness and, and supporting each other. It was just a really great experience. And I think that's a good thing is that you don't have to feel like you have to raise $10,000 to make the walk no. worthwhile. And, and you got a lot out of it just being there. And obviously yeah. it kept you more connected to the chapter then. Right, right. Yes. It just, again, it just kind of warmed the heart and, and it inspired you to continue on and, you know, maybe do a little better next year. And like you said, the, the fundraising isn't the only aspect of it. So I encourage everyone to attend, whether it's, you know, just once or, or yearly, um, you know, try to raise some funds if you can, because obviously that's a great help. But just being there and supporting your, your friends or your family members is going to mean a lot to them as well. And I've noticed from seeing your family at the walk, because your team has grown, it's usually one of the top few teams, uh, family teams, at the Lehigh Valley Walk, uh, your your sons get pretty competitive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they were, they, once they realized that they could, you know, possibly bring home a prize, <laughs> they, they've become very into it. Um, and now my you felt this year with the uh, banner contest, the flag contest, my daughter <laughs> was very upset when we did not win that. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's another life lesson for them that it's not just about the competition. It does add an element of fun to the day. But, um, you know, so, so I guess I'm a little competitive myself growing up in a family of six kids and being on the younger end of that. So um, it, is, it is a fun day to bring everyone together and and just, you know, spirit of, of teamwork and and friendly competition. <laughs> it's been three months since the Lehigh Valley Walk. Is your daughter okay with not winning that now, or is it, she still upset? <laughs> she, she, she has gotten over it, yes. All right, yes. Great. Other things have occurred in her life that, you know, I'm sure were just so much more tragic. <laughs> now, no, I, she's fine. Uh, in terms of other events, I think it was about a year after you were diagnosed that you spoke at the hot chocolate event, right? Oh, uh, yes. That was my very first speaking engagement. And again, had never attended, so didn't really know what to expect. And looking back, I probably rambled on and on. And Jim was probably standing behind me thinking, when's she going to stop? <laughs> but uh, but um, it was, again, it was another good experience and, and gave me you know a little taste of, of speaking you know, the public about having ALS and um, it's something I'm not saying I'm great at but I do enjoy doing it just again to spread the word and create more awareness for everyone and um, so the hot chocolate event itself is like you said a lot of fun a lot of great food um, a lot of togetherness a really neat environment just to go and be able to see uh, the aquarium and everything so I definitely recommend that event for anyone who's looking to get involved. And for those listening, that event is on March 10th at Adventure Aquarium, and we encourage you to go to our website. You can go to alsphiladelphia.org slash hot dash chocolate, or just go to alsphiladelphia.org and you'll find it there. Um, it is a really fun event, taste, like lots of great food from tons of vendors from the area, and lots of drinks too. Um, chocolate Fountain is one of the biggest draws of any event we do. We should really bring a chocolate fountain to every event, I guess. Yes, uh, I think we should. <laughs> uh, so, um, one thing I would say is, if you you may have not think thought you were a great public speaker at that event, I wasn't there, so I can't say either way, but you must have done all right, because we've asked you to speak many times since then. <laughs> yes, and, and like I said, it, it's, 
I, um, you know, I was fortunate to be able to speak at um, a lot of different events so far, and I, I hope to do more. Well, I think my favorite was probably talking to LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> that was a great, great day. Um, we miss him here in the Philadelphia area, and you know, but I'm glad to see that he's still involved. Yeah, he. There was a patient that he and his family have met um, that he got really involved with, and uh, that sadly passed away in the last couple of weeks. And I saw on Facebook that he posted a tribute to him. So it's really neat oh, when those celebrities um, like LaShawn McCoy. And we do miss you, Shady, um, if, if he's listening, which I'm sure he's listened to all of our podcasts. Um, of course. Uh, it's really nice that they take it so genuinely and understand the disease, and, and they're not just doing it for the attention because, you know, he obviously cares about it. Yes, and similarly with, with the Phillies, too, which obviously the Payless Association has a, the Philadelphia chapter has a great relationship with, and... Um, so the times when I was able to attend the Philly Festival with my family and, and meet a lot of the players and, and the managers and um, you know, even their wives, they, they were so supportive. And again, like they, you felt like they didn't mind being there. It wasn't like, you know, the manager said, hey, let's go, you're doing this event. You know, they, it seemed like they really wanted to be there. They carried on conversations with my kids, which meant a great deal to them. And um, again, the Phillies have been very supportive, too. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you made the transition before I got a chance to, so thanks. Uh, um, the, the Phillies Festival is coming up this June, and it happens every year. They, the Philadelphia Phillies have raised over $16 million for the ALS cause and patient care services here in the Philadelphia area since 1984. Um, and so you, you got to meet them after you were diagnosed, and I'm sure you had, before you were diagnosed with ALS, you never expected to do something like that, right? And, and it's again, it's just nice to meet them and realize they're just regular people too. You know, they have kids like you and I, and they have families, and you know, they're out there doing their job. And um, again, it was just nice to see that they. It seemed like they genuinely want to help out, and um, you know, they certainly done a great job with that. Gave us a lot of you know stories to tell of <laughs> our, our meetings with them, and we still reminisce about certain things they said, and gave us some great memories. And I'm sure you've used some of the stuff you've done at the festival and from other events to help with your own fundraising for the walk then. Sure. Um, it, you know, it's great to, again, everybody likes, even if a team isn't doing so great, they, you know, like to hear that you meet, met the players or hear that the players are supporting such a cause and things like that. So, you know, I try to use Facebook and, and email and all to, you know, share those things with, with family and friends and, Hopefully it, you know, puts something in their mind that, hey, maybe I can help out too. Definitely. And I think that people are more likely to support us when they know that there's some big names behind it and that, you know, they're not the only ones. Right. So it's not like my $20 is going to make one difference, but add it up, it makes a huge difference. It really does. And that's what I try to stress, you know, with my fundraising too is, you know, I mean, my family has struggled financially and um, I understand that. You can't donate to every cause. I mean, we're constantly bombarded with you know, phone calls and emails and Facebook requests. So just, you know, choose a few. And honestly, if you can just get $5, I mean, I know you might feel like, oh, this is stupid. I'm, you know, filling in my credit card information for $5. But it, it means so much to the person that's asking that you took the time to do that. And, you know, hopefully it's not taking too much out of your wallet. And like you said, it adds up so quickly that 
you know, all those small donations can really add up to help in a great way. You know, we've seen a lot of young people who have raised money and they're really impressed every time they get a donation. Uh, what's it like to your kids when they get a check from someone new or they've raised more than before? Like, is it like a, is it like Christmas to them? Like a huge thrill? <laughs> they definitely appreciate it. They really do. Um, I, I try to remind them like, look, this, this person was really thinking about us and, you know, they, they took time and they decided to support, support our team. And so, you know, we try and encourage them to you know, remember their thank yous, remember who, who helped to get us there when, when we do become one of the top fundraising teams. Um, but I do have to say they do really appreciate it and are very grateful for every donation we get. Oh, well, that's a good thing. I think that's a lesson that's hard to teach in other situations. And I try and get yeah. my son to say thank you, and he's pretty good about it. But, you know, he's two. <laughs> So if you've become more comfortable talking about ALS in your own personal story, which it's, uh, I'm sure, because it's it's a very, uh, it could be a very t uh, tough thing to talk about with anyone, right? And you go to support groups and you talk about it, and you talk to LaShawn McCoy, you talk to the Philadelphia Phillies, you talk to the media. Um, has it become, uh, hopefully it's become a lot easier to just be very open about your story? It definitely has. I mean, I remember we had an issue talking about it, but I think it's hard for others because, again, they either don't know about the illness or they feel like, oh, maybe she'll want to talk about it or maybe it makes her sad, but I'd rather that people have the knowledge and the understanding of the illness and, you know, instead of just feel sorry for a patient, you know, how can I help you? Like, what, what can I do? Like, I like it when they say, you know, well, what can I do to help? And maybe I don't need anything, you know, physically that day, but at least I know in the back of my mind that, you know, they're willing to help out if needed. And there's so many different ways, you know, besides donations that, you know, you can support a patient. You can, you know, offer to do a task at their help for them, or you can just be a friend and say, hey, you know, you need to vent today. Like, go ahead, I'm listening. Or, um, you know, just go have a fun day together. You know, go spend spend the day, you know, just because you're diagnosed with the disease doesn't mean, you know, you want to just sit in your house all the time, right. you want to be a good supporter and friend and, and, you know, still continue on and do fun things together. Do you find it's a catharsis for you and, and the others that you've met to be open and share their story, just let it all out sometimes? Definitely, because, you know, again, it, it's kind of cliche, but even if I'm educating, you know, just one or two more people, and if all of my friends with ALS are doing the same, then, you know, again, hopefully through things like the Ice Bucket Challenge and then these personal experiences, you know, we can be more aware, and maybe people, it's almost like, you know, they get afraid to talk about it. You know, maybe they can be more open if they have a better understanding of the illness. Yeah, so you talk about the Ice Bucket Challenge, and you, you've you done a lot with the Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, you did a lot last year doing it, and then this year, I know you did it with um, our friends at Biota Home Healthcare, which was a pretty cool video you did. Uh, so so what was the Ice Bucket Challenge like for you both times? Well, I mean, obviously that first summer was just amazing. It was just, I was in disbelief just every time I would, you know, hear a clip on, you know, not just the local news, but, you know, the national news and, you know, see all the different 
professional sports teams getting involved, and then on a personal level to have so many people, you know, from my son's sports teams and and the sporting clubs that you know he's involved in get involved, and, and friends and family, and um, you know, again, it just kind of touched your heart, and you know, knew that people were at least thinking about the disease. And maybe again, if they just learned one or two more facts about it, and you know, maybe it inspires them or their child to, you know, someday go into, you know, studying more research or become a doctor or a scientist or, or, you know, become a social worker or, you know, work at, at a nonprofit and, you know, help out others. And to me, it was just such a great global event that, that helped in so many different ways. So in addition to the many millions of dollars that it raised, I know that people like yourself and others who are living with ALS got a lot of benefit out of it. Just just the hope of seeing that people were talking about this disease that you, that you always felt didn't get enough attention. Yes. Um, you know, again, just like you said, the talking about it and the, the money, you know, they asked, you know, where do you want this money to go? And I, I think so many of us like me said, you know, research. We, we really need more dollars for the research, more funding for, you know, these doctors and scientists to continue their studies and, you know, hopefully something will spark and we can get some more information and get, get you know, even if it's not a cure, maybe, you know, something to slow down the progression or, you know, hopefully eventually stop it you know, so that others don't have to go through this. Now, you've talked about research that you guys are already involved in. Uh, you, you were able to get your sons involved in research by filling out mm -hmm. surveys about caregiving. And I think that's really important that you brought that up because people think there's so many people with ALS and that's all the people that can do research. And research is just about drawing blood and that's it. You know, the people are smart, but they think research and that's what they think about. But there's a lot of ways that people can get involved. Um, in what ways have you, your family or have been involved or you've seen it personally or uh, you've seen others do it? Well, again, um, you know, try to raise funds for research, you know, by doing advocacy, um, you know, speaking to local senators and legislators and, um, you know, lots of friends have traveled to Harrisburg, like you mentioned before, and to the Capitol to advocate for the money. Um, and then also, you know, participate in simple surveys, um, you know, there's, I belong to the registry, the national registry, so they offer ways to participate. Um, a lot of times when you go to your clinic appointment for uh, your ALS uh, checkups and all, they offer different studies. So, you know, in addition to giving blood when they ask, I do do that. And then um, I also participate right now in a uh, neurological study that's being run by the University of Pennsylvania. Um, and they're really, they're researching um, uh, most more on the cognitive end. Um, I do uh, MRIs occasionally throughout the year um, so they can see if there's been any changes. And then they also do, um, which it's very convenient actually, they'll come to my home and do many mental tests and um, like I said, some, some cognitive uh, studies and testing to, um, you know, again, see that if there's been any progression, if I've had any memory loss or, um, and then take my research and compare that to others with the illness and, you know, hopefully find some common connection. <coughs> well, you remembered to call me to do this podcast, so you must be doing all right. <laughs> I did, I did. Luckily right now I still do very well 
lot of little, you know, puzzles and games and computer activities. So it's not like, oh, no, I have to go do testing. You know, like, like I said, they come right to the house. We sit down, like, you know, have a cup of coffee and run through some, some tests. And again, if something like that is going to help others, then, you know, I say, why not? So I think, I imagine you would encourage other people with ALS and their families to get involved or learn more about research and see what ways that they can participate. Yes, definitely. You know, take some time, check out the websites, you know, see you know, what what you can offer. And, and it's changing all the time. So, you know, again, I know life gets busy and it, it's hard to keep up with. And it's one thing, you know, one of my goals for this year is to, you know, participate a little more in research and a little more in advocacy. So just kind of, you know, carve out once a week maybe that you sit down at the computer and, and do a little research of your own and see how you can help. Well, you talked about getting more involved in advocacy, and you've been, um, like you said, more comfortable talking in public and talking to Phillies and talking to LaShawn McCoy and talking and talking and talking. Um, but it's good. You, you mean, you've, you've talked to support groups, and um, being comfortable with your story helps because that helps encourage people to be involved. Um, but you've also been a very effective advocate in Harrisburg. Uh, you've gone there pretty much every year since I've been here. So you've been going on mm-hmm. almost for five years, going to the Capitol and then doing other town hall meetings. And then you met with your state rep. Um, I did. What's your, the reception has been pretty good and it's been, continues to get better for you, right? Definitely. I mean, thanks to, you know, Brian Cutler and, and the other legislators and representatives that have been, you know, already helping us out for many, many years because of their own personal experiences. Um, and through, you know, the chapters visiting Harrisburg, I think it's, again, helped to spread the word, helped to make them more knowledgeable of the topic. And honestly, they're very open to hear your personal story. I mean, of course, they're they're very busy and have, you know, stressful jobs, but they do take the time and, you, you know, they really listen and they want to hear what it's like. And, and I think that it has been very effective because, like you said, the many, last few years that I've gone... Um, you know, we've been able to achieve our goal of receiving funds for more patient care and more research. So um, that's been a really great benefit. And again, it, it's going to Harrisburg. It's a long day. It's a it's a tiring day, but it's, it's yeah. So sorry about that. Because you know, like I said, you can just talk for a few minutes and you know make things happen. And that's part of what <laughs> you know living in this country is. You know, a nice benefit that. You know, we have the opportunity to do that. Well, the more people that can come to Harrisburg, the less meetings each person will do, and it makes oh, it a less tiring day. So <laughs> um, we, we don't have our Harrisburg day lined up yet because it's in Pennsylvania, and we still don't have last year's budget done. So, oh. um, but that's, um, you know, we're not going to get into the politics of that right now. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so that's a frustrating thing, but we... I, I think that what helps with ALS is that there's not like, it's not like other political issues where there's another side to it. There, people can talk about the cost, but there's not like a pro ALS group out there. Right. So, I mean, no, I, I really enjoy going and I, I look forward to going back again this year. Well, good. Well, if you want to, if anyone's listening and wants to be involved in advocacy on a state level, what both in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Delaware, and we've had success in all three states. You can email me, Tony, at ALSPhiladelphia.org. And if you want to find out about national advocacy and going down to 
Washington, D.C. this May. It's Mother's Day weekend, um, the day of Mother's Day, and then the Monday and Tuesday after we'll be going on Capitol Hill and talking to uh, members of Congress and senators and their staff. Um, again, email me, Tony, at ALSPhiladelphia.org and find out more about how you can get involved. Um, I guess, Sarah, you'd recommend everyone to get involved in advocacy because even if you can't go away for it, there's always something you can do locally that can make a difference. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, calling your, your local representatives, sending letters, sending emails. Um, and it really, I mean, Tony's such a big help. He can, you know, send you out a template of what you need to say and you sign your name to it. And, um, you know, there you go. And like I said, it's just another voice being heard. So it's well, a great thing to get into. Yeah, I think that the more voices, the better. And you've been using your voice for so long, um, including for the last almost 40 minutes here talking about um, what you're doing. So, which is good. I mean, I think it's, you know, everyone she needs to use their voice as much as possible for ALS or for any other cause that they care um, mm -hmm. about. Uh, so we've touched about research and about the support from the Phillies and other friends, um, your involvement in the walk to defeat ALS. Uh, for anyone listening that is new to ALS, this year, listening to the podcast for the first time, um, are there any other misconceptions or um, things that they might not know that you'd want to just put out there to make sure, hey, you know, take this lesson for you um, at the end of this? Honestly, every new patient that I meet, I just encourage them to just connect with the chapter. Um, you know, the chapter can offer so much help, you know, like I said, in many different ways. And it's, it's just so nice to have an organization that if you have a question, you send an email, you make a phone call, you know, they write you back, they call you back. It's not, you know, <laughs> like many other organizations or customer service companies that we've all dealt with that are frustrating. You know, you, your answers are, you get your answers and, you know, they're, they're helpful in so many ways. So I would definitely connect with the chapter, visit the website. There's a lot of information. So that's a great way to, you know, just gain some knowledge for yourself and, you know, meet up and hook up with, you know, different people that can help you and, and want to help you. Well, good. I think one of the hardest things to do for anyone, whether it's a disease or not, is to ask for help. And we both agree that asking for help can is better than just waiting around and hoping someone will just do it. Definitely. Yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to ask because, again, a lot of, you know, especially people that are not directly involved, they don't really know what you need. And, and maybe you don't know what you need either, but just kind of think of one thing that would help and, and ask for that and, and take it from there, you know, just, just baby steps. Well, I appreciate that information. I really encourage everyone, if you have a question, um, contact your clinic, contact social worker here at the ALS Association. Uh, if you want to find out more about how to get involved or learn more about our services, please visit www.alsphiladelphia.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all that, all at ALS Philadelphia. Um, there are many events to get involved with already to sign up. Like we talked about Hot Chocolate, Advocacy Day, uh, the Walk to Defeat ALS, and the Phillies Festival, and, and that's just a few. There's there's a lot more events happening or you can just help out Sarah's team, Steps for Sarah, which isn't registered yet because we're in January. Oh boy. We'll, we'll get on that. <laughs> it's okay. We just, it, we, I don't think the website's up yet for the Lehigh Valley Walk. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of great people out there that you can help support. And we encourage everyone listening to subscribe to our podcast and, and get involved today. So uh, thanks, Sarah, for using your voice and uh, sharing with us on our podcast. Thank you, Tony. It was great. All right. We'll see you more in 2016.